What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You know, it's been about three days and since we've seen Phoenix Suns basketball. Uh, and we've I missed it. I miss watching the games. I miss taking the notes. You, f- you feel like, hey, I need a little bit of a break. And so you're, you enjoy a couple days off. But by day three, I don't know. Have you ever had like five days off from work? And you're like, dude, it's everything that I need. I just need five days off from work. I'm going to do absolutely nothing. By day three, you're like, dude, like if I had to go into work, I could. Well, that's what it was like. The Phoenix Suns have had three days off after the in-season tournament came to its conclusion. And they kick off their post-mini break with a game at home against the Golden State Warriors. It's a team that they have defeated twice thus far this season. And tonight, once again, they down the Warriors and somebody gets ejected, Matthew. And that's just the, that, that's the game when you play the Warriors. Somebody is going to get ejected, it appears. Yeah, again, uh, last time I was here, Chris Paul got ejected. And I was like, damn, how do I not go down there and just record them walking off? I always do that, dude. So the third time, next time we play them in the playoffs, when I know someone's going to get ejected, I'm going to go down there and record them so we get a bunch of likes, right? Or is that yeah, too creepy? You know, you could have them coming out of the game? Yeah, because the, the, the tunnel that they have to run through is the one that we have access to. So, yeah, you would have seen Draymond just come sprinting off after yeah. he clocked Yusuf Nurkic yeah. in a WWE judo oh. move. Like, he's practicing. You know, it's like the great Mysterio. It's the, the great dipshitto is Draymond <laughs> Green's fucking, great name. fucking name, the great dipshitto. So uh, that, was, uh, that, that was an interesting play for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it was something that um, I missed. They did not show the replay here. So I had to look it up on Twitter. And oh my God, dude, how does Draymond find like these weights and just flop after just nailing some guy in the head? He should be suspended another five games after that one. It's definitely going to be something that's going to be reviewed and something we'll talk about a little bit more in depth here on yeah. the podcast. So a reminder to everybody who is watching along. First and foremost, thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We missed you. Three days off, we definitely missed you. And it almost feels like longer than that because our last podcast was like 20 minutes yeah. long. I was grumpy after the Kings one. lost. I, I I barely call that a podcast. The fact that we posted that and some people went on there and liked it, like y'all are the real MVPs Thank for even you. liking that. Uh, but I was tired. I was grumpy. But all that's behind me. I'm back. We're ready to rock and roll. We're ready to talk some Phoenix Suns. A reminder to everybody. If you get a chance, go to phoenixfits.net. Go ahead and put in the, the promo code SUNSJAM10. It's good for 10% off. It's that time of year where if you want to buy your favorite Suns fan something in their life, go ahead and do so by heading to phoenixfits.net. And Brightside Night is a little over a month away. January 16th, we will be playing the Kings. So if you'd like to donate $15, that will send a kid to the game. Simply visit suns.com backslash brightside make sure you read all of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com you can read matthew's writing there as well he doesn't capitalize his last name there either it's just not what he does it's a capital m it's a lowercase l for lissy uh you can follow me at darth voida on twitter you can follow matthew and file follow the show at suns jam on all of the socials it's time to crack crack open a beer i know you got one up there in media row there you go. Get, it up. Get one of those Dasanis. Matthew's got a can Dasani. Cheers, Suns fans. We got to win. Let's talk about Phoenix Suns win tonight, playing against those Golden State Warriors, winning by a final score of 119 to 116, which, of course, is going to bring me to my first question for Matthew. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. 
Matthew, I gotta ask. This is one of those games that was definitely sloggy, if you will. It's like walking through a slump, a, a swamp, a slump. It's like walking <laughs> through a swamp in Eskimo shoes. The way that the pace of this game played out. As you're watching the game, and you're seeing that the Suns are up 14 points with two minutes left to play, and they they piss it away, and ultimately it's a three point victory for the Phoenix Suns. What's going through your mind? I got to know. What's Matthew thinking? As he's getting there, he's writing the recap. It's good to go for Brightside and the Sun somehow, some way, piss it away at the end, but ultimately win. This is the thing the Suns have been doing, right? I mean, this is just the way they close out games. Even their seven-game win streak, they have like two, maybe ten-plus point wins. But they always do this, so it's expected, especially against a team like the Warriors, even though Draymond was gone. You just you never know. You, it's never over until maybe about a minute left if you're up by ten. Last five minutes of a game, any game, any team, twenty points is still not enough. But yeah, I thought the Suns had this one. It's just the fact that they play the Warriors and the way they can just drain threes. But even Kaminga, the way he's playing tonight, um, all the guys stepping up tonight. Uh, I forget his name, Pokachevsky. My my bad, Pokachevsky. I'm trying to look at it in the scoreboard. Uh, that guy just getting to the rim against Nurk the last minute. Like, when that's happening, it's like, what's going on, guys? Come on, just hit one three. The way they manage these games in the last two minutes is very, very frustrating. I love the way that they got back into it and pulled away. But just closing these games out, that's like the next step, right? Yeah, there's a lot of chemistry issues, obviously, that the Suns have experienced due to lack of availability and durability with this team, which is equated to some of this uh un unability inability to close out games properly and i think zona sports tweeted it out and it's so true these these are this is when you miss chris paul at the end of games when you have a 10 point lead chris paul is the kind of player who when he was playing point guard for the phoenix suns knew how to close out an opposing team not make dumb possessions not make dumb passes you know yusuf nurkic deciding to go half court pass like he's Patrick Mahomes and ultimately getting yeah. the, the ball intercepted, which leads to a Kaminga dunk that brings it to within five. I mean, it was just, it was mistake after mistake, but the advantage for the, and, and I, and I will say this, the Phoenix Suns end up in this game, knowing that they're 24th in the league when it comes to overall turnovers, end up turning the ball over 20 or I'm sorry, 15 times. But the key is they're playing against the Warriors and the Warriors are pretty shitty too. The Warriors are a team that turned the ball over, I think, 28th most in the league. They're worse than the Suns. So it was kind of a nice night going mano y mano with a team that's making stupid fucking turnovers like the Suns do. And it was nice to know that, hey, at any time, they're on, they're, they don't have the same control that we're used to seeing. And they're going to make stupid, unforced errors just like the Suns do. Yeah, and even Clay Thompson, like there's games this year where he looks like the old Clay, but most most of all this season, like he's been pretty bad. And tonight you can just see like he's just throwing shit up. Him, mm -hmm. the way that Curry tries to hit that three to tie the game, the way he shot it, like just he catch and shoot really quick over somebody, and the release was terrible. He was short on the ball. It was just not the greatest look from him, but it, you still think it's going to go in. But these two guys out there, even last game of Curry, it's like you don't feel the same kind of energy. Like I'm always like, okay, the last three minutes you want to be up at least 20 because you know if Curry's stinking it up, even though he played good in the first half, the last game in the first half, he sucked. You're like, oh, that, that run's going to come from him. Clay's going to hit a big shot just because we remember the old Clay. But, man, I mean, with him, with Clay playing this way and the way that Steph's been this year, and then Draymond just not ever wanting to play, you always think, like, we say this about LeBron, is it this year he's washed? It's, it's like, same thing with the Warriors. Are they washed now, man, with just the way they've been playing this year? It's still early, so I, I can't count them out yet. You could never count out the Warriors because they have that championship mentality and they have that history of being a team that knows how to figure it out when it matters the most. But you're right. This team is on its last leg. This is part of the death rattle, if you will, when it comes to the Warriors. Klay Thompson is shooting a career-worst 35.4% from beyond the arc. Tonight, Klay Thompson, seven points, only one of eight from beyond the arc, two of ten shooting. And that's become the norm. I'll talk about it very briefly when I do the subreddit stakeout. But opposing Warriors fans, their nickname for him is Clank Thompson. Is he 
takes every shot. Yeah. And Curry is is still an elite player. He goes for 24 points tonight, but he does so on 24 shots. Eight of 24 from the field, five, or I'm sorry, four of 15 from beyond the arc. And what's most impressive when you look at the Warriors, and, and even Steve Kerr recognized this by the way that he approached his fourth quarter, it was their bench that was a trouble for the Suns. It was their bench that built that lead early in the set, in the second quarter. And when the starters came back in, that's when it dissipated. And it became a three-point lead for the Warriors at halftime simply because Steph Curry hit a three-pointer with a couple seconds left. It should have been a tie game. You had 15 points from Starrick. You had 16 points from Kaminga. You had 15 points from Paul. You had 12 points from Moody. You had 20 points from Podzinski. That Those are all bench players I just named for the Warriors. That's the challenge with the Warriors right now is they're in this transition period where they are coming off of a core that doesn't really feel like a core anymore. That first still plays is playing amazing. Clay Thompson's not who he used to be. And as you mentioned, Draymond Green doesn't want to be out there. Apparently, he's just throwing bows and poking motherfuckers out just to get defended. So we are kind of in the death battle of the Warriors, and I'm okay with it. I will never forget, Matthew, as I'm sure you won't forget, and as I'm sure many Suns fans won't forget, the time in which Steve Kerr handed the clipboard over to his players and had them start drawing up their own plays. The ultimate sign of disrespect to a horrible Suns team back in, what, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Yes. But I will never yes. forget those kind of things and the arrogance that it took and the uh, the disrespect that they displayed to our team and our organization We were when we were long-suffering Suns fans. So, Ukfe, the Orioles way. <laughs> yeah, and I remember Booker, too. The, the next season when we blew him out, he wanted Monty to get out that the drawing board and do the same thing to them. Yeah. But Monty's class is not going to do that shit. Yeah, um, Monty, Monty yeah. Who's, who's lost 20 in a row and is the highest paid coach in the NBA. I, hey, get Chris Paul over there. That's probably what they need right now. We know, right? There's always, like, who won the no, trade? Was he it Nurk it, bro. with the Suns? With, was it DeAndre Aiden with the, with the Trailblazers or us with Nurk? But it's the same thing with Chris Paul and Monty, right? You kind of see because the way Chris Paul plays tonight with that bench, man, he's been killing it. I mean, they're all like plus 12 over there, like plus 13, plus 12, plus 21, plus 17. And then, of course, the Suns bench is just kind of donkey shit right now, especially this type of game where, you know, the Warriors just kind of outshine them in in their respect because that's the only way the Warriors maintain any kind of relevance in this game all, all game long was because of their bench. Um, but I really think Chris Paul with that bench unit, it looks pretty good, right? We do kind of miss a Chris Paul right now. Hopefully Booker, you know, he's already been such a good point guard this year, but he can maybe take that next step to close these games out like a Chris Paul. That's a lot to ask, but yeah. maybe but it'll come around. I'm hoping, and I wish so much that Chris Paul would have stayed and come off the bench. We talked about that last season. Now, granted, the other option was having Cameron Payne start, but how great it would have been to have Chris Paul being somebody who can come off the bench in the way that he can control a game and, and the pace of a game, especially in the last five minutes. He's an, he's an elite uh, manipulator with his mind yes. on the game. So uh, shout out real quick to Biscuits and the Bear in the chat. One of our elite jamsters, if you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button on the YouTube. $3 because Biscuits and the Bear always donates whatever the, the spread is, whatever whatever the Suns win by. That's what we're getting. We won by three. I was hoping it's going to be more like more, but like Biscuits and the Bear, Bear uh, says, it felt like forever. Yeah, it's been like over a yes. week since we've won a game, you know? So it was, it was, it's nice to get that win in. Um, some interesting things to talk about in here in, in this yes. game, obviously. So I think we should start with probably the biggest story, and that's Bradley Beal return tonight. She said, You're not the only one, but you're the best, Bradley. Boom, boom. Returns to the lineup the first time in literally a calendar month. It was November 12th against the Oklahoma City Thunder, in which we last witnessed Bradley Beal play basketball for the Sun. Comes out tonight, 27 total minutes played. Frank Vogel kind of had him on a five-minute uh, spurt relative to his rotations and getting him in, ensuring that he can start him up correctly, if you will, get him bas- back in basketball shape, which is literally what we experienced last time he was here. He played three games, and he played, I think, 23 in the first game, 30 in the second, 31 in the third, 
game, and then he was out again, and he was hurt. So you've yet to see the Suns really open up Bradley Beal as well. They they shouldn't have to this point because they are trying to reintegrate him and get him back into basketball shape. But in that 27 minutes, he was 5 of 12 from the field, 1 of 3 from the yard, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Ended with a total of 16 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, a steal, a block, 3 turnovers. So Matthew, being there inside the footy tonight, what did you see? What what was the vibe around Bradley Beal this evening? I mean, it, it was good. I mean, the intros, Booker still got the bigger ovation. I think we're of all very always. excited that he's back. But it's always like, okay, well, can we wait the 10, the 10 games? We talked about that before in podcasts. Let's wait 10 games until we get really excited. When they start blowing guys, blowing teams out, and then he comes back the next game, he's not on the injured list, then that's when we get excited, I think. Um, but tonight, you know, it's the first game back, so the box score is not going to really show it. But I think him kind of giving Booker a breather there in the second half in the fourth quarter, him and Nurk kind of just figuring each other out, that was yes, fun to watch. That was. I know Beal could not really get things to go down. He's getting blocked at the rim. It's all just normal shit. Um, I want to just say, though, that it was kind of cool. But even, like, when KD comes back and it's a big three, it's like I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not like, oh, my, I can't wait. It's just like let's give it ten games, right? It's nothing where it's just like oh, I can't wait for this game to see what they look like. I got to give it ten games because I know it's going to look better in those ten games than the first game with them all together. But I think he did just enough tonight, though, to really help out Booker. And it's just nice that for him to get that breather and – Beal did help extend that lead and kind of keep that lead in the fourth. But Nurk is, has to be excited, right? He has Beal. Now he gets to figure, figure that guy out. He already yes. figured out Kevin Durant and Booker. Now he has to figure out Beal, and that's fun to watch. Yeah, it was fun to watch with the expectation that we shouldn't have very high expectations, and I think that that's important. It's so funny because when you're watching games uh, the way that I do, I, I have my phone, and I'm bouncing between, you know, obviously the subreddit for the opposing team, some notes, some Twitter – Every now and then during a commercial break, I'll like head over to good old son's Facebook there. And they're just yeah. trashing Beal because he's not coming out and scoring like 50 points. And I'm just like, some people, they just don't know ball, man. Like, it's just. I hate guys, people say that. I hate it, too. And it's so annoying. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, what? he's not going to come out and score 50. Like, he's not Michael Jordan. He's Bradley Beal. Yeah. And, and give him an opportunity to come back get his legs underneath him. And I liked what I saw today. And, and you mentioned it, and it was what I ha- one thing I had in my notes. The way that him and Nurk were playing off each other in the fourth quarter is another wrinkle that we have to get excited about. Because Nurkic, yes. like you said, he's learning how to play and, and done a pretty good job, especially with Kevin Durant, with Devin Booker. He's a great screener. He's a great screener, Nurkic is, for all the downfalls that he, he possesses as a player and how he could be targeted late in the fourth quarter. With Beal back, it's going to reset a lot of rotations, and it's going to have the ability to, if you have a team that is targeting Nurkic in the last five minutes of the game, you pull him, and then you bring like an Eric Gordon in, and then you slot KD over into a small ball five, and then it's Beal, Booker, Gordon, uh, whoever you want in, the, in that fourth spot, whether it be KBD, Metu, who we'll talk about here momentarily, Akogi, yeah. who we'll talk about momentarily, or and then KD at that five, and there's just so much flexibility in the lineup, and then you're going to have all these these uh, extra plays that you can run off of Nurk setting those high screens if he's still in the game and throughout the game and, and to see them work together and start to it, it's in its infancy, the, the yeah. chemistry that they're going to build. And we only saw very few minutes with both Booker and Beal out there f- for the reasons you stated it's substitution patterns. You want to give Booker as much of a rest as you can. So Beal is feeling those minutes and whatnot, but there's going to be a point where when you really open up the engine on those guys, they're really going to have uh, a lot of ancillary plays built around that core, and it's going to be something that's fun to watch. So it's just great to see Bradley Beal out there. And one thing I noticed, Bradley Beal is built. Dude, like, look at oh, his look his at his shoulders? legs. His shoulder, look at his legs. Oh, look at them calves. <laughs> when he stands next to Devin Booker, you're like, Devin, dude, like hit leg day, bro. Like, well, Devin does have you. some skinny legs. He does. Every time Devin's on the floor grabbing his leg or something, I'm like, dude, are this his fucking legs? Chicken legs on that dude? I'm just obviously Booker, like he's a big dude, right? But his legs are kind of thinner. But Beal, his shoulders from up here, I'm like, oh, those just walking around, fucking like knocking everybody over. He's he's, he's fucking built, man. Yeah, he's definitely the best looking dude on the team too, like by far, right? I think he took. Because Booker's always been like the best looking dude. I feel like everyone's like, oh, I love Booker. But Beal's like 
Beal's a fucking god, right? Uh, Booker's got a better face, but like, yeah, Beal's really? body. Okay, Jamsters, uh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I can't really see the comments. I mean, I can, but it's, let I'll us talk, know, right? I, I will talk <laughs> all about all the guys I, out there. All the guys out there, let us know who's more watching? attractive. It's Bradley Beal or Devin Booker. Your vote counts. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, Booker's face in the in the subreddit stakeout. So, okay. Uh, another interesting thing, obviously, Kevin Durant was out for this game. Grayson Allen is out with a groin issue. Nasir Little's out after oh, sustaining yeah. a orbital fracture uh, because of JaVale McGee in the game against the, the Kings last Friday. So he was out. So who gets the start tonight? None other than Chemetsi Metu. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy, but here's my number. Four. So call me maybe. So Metsy Metu gets his first start with the Suns tonight, and he was fantastic in my opinion, Matthew. He had 25 minutes played, went for 14 points and five rebounds, three of five from beyond the arc, five of seven from the field, uh, stepped up in every capacity that the Suns could ask for him. Could he potentially replace KBD in the rotation? Oh, yeah, that's true. He probably can because KBD, you haven't noticed him for some games now. Mm-hmm. Metu's always been on the rise. He's definitely a guy that has a sweet shot. But tonight you kind of saw where he can just kind of change his game in the last moment when he's not making his threes and he'll just head to the rim. Like he makes a smart plays, right? He's not, he yeah. misses his first two threes. Then he's like wide open again. He's like, no, I'm going to take it to the rim, draws a foul mm-hmm. right there. Then that sets the tone of the rest of the game. Then he hits his next three, comes back in the game um, in the second half, hits another three. Uh, but he he plays with that confidence and swagger that we all like to see in a Suns uniform. KBD at moments this season had that, then it just disappeared. But I feel yep. like Metu's always had that, and he's always been slowly worked into the rotation. He's a guy that I love. He's definitely like a top five guy that I love on this team. I just want to see more and more of him, and I think we are, right? I think there's potential for it. I mean, we'll talk momentarily about Josh Jacoby and his hip injury, but if Ugh. that is if that is to occur, that's going to open up some rotational minutes, and I think that Metu has the ability because to to garner those minutes because I like what his spacing did today. I like that when he had the opportunity to hit that shot, he hit it. And that's important. You stop hitting those shots, you're going to you're going to be gone hopefully quick. They're not going to be out there too much longer. And we've seen that with Josh Akogi. You know, Josh Akogi, this was his 10th start tonight out of 22 total game or 23 games by the Suns, uh, but he has 10 games coming off the bench as well. So Akogi's had a challenge staying in that starting lineup because of his inconsistency offensively. Uh, obviously, Kogi gives you better defense, but what Metu brought from an offensive standpoint is what the Suns need as a complimentary player. And I am, I do stand corrected. John Tran is correct. It's not Metu. It's Met. It's Met three because he hit three three pointers in this game, and it's what a lot of us have been kind of. We just wanted to see. Um, mm-hmm. Aussie Suns fan says you laughed at my Metu love Voida. You laughed at me. I did. What? I did. Oh yeah. Wait, a- you laughed. They loved him and you laughed at him because I've always loved him too. You never laughed at me. You just held it inside or what? Well, they were, you know, the Aussie Suns fan. If you haven't checked out their podcast, please do. But during the offseason, when we were talking about who's going to be the fifth starter, Gavin was really big on Metu. And I just thought, I'm, oh. I'm like, like, you idiot. It's clearly KBD. <laughs> well, he's I mean, way, he was way ahead of it, huh? <laughs> and, yeah. He's just, I got to talk to him about some stock options. Uh, because clearly the, he knows who's who to buy and who to sell and everything that we need to do relative to that. So I just I think that we need to see more. This is the first real yes. good Metu game. You know, Metu's been around. He's in a couple shots. He's had a couple good plays, but he hasn't had a complete game. This was a complete game. This yeah. was somebody who, again, now I will say this, Suns fans, this was a conducive matchup for Metu as well. This isn't a big team in the Warriors. That's one of their biggest challenges. They turn the ball over. They're having a hard time shooting, and they're not a a great rebounding team. They're a great offensive rebounding team, but they're not a great rebounding team due to their lack of size. So Metu can thrive against a team like this. You put him against somebody like the Nuggets, and I know that's a bad example because they're one of the elite teams in the NBA, but he will have a little bit more of a challenge, and I think that he's earned the right to get that opportunity over a KBD who, as you mentioned, 
Uh, and it's something that I, I put together a three-part series uh, because we had three days off on Bright Side of the Sun talking about whose stock is up, whose stock is down, and who's holding. And I went through every every effing player. And with KBD, I said, stock's down because I don't know he's on the court for 20 minutes a game. He'll play 24 minutes. That's, and for 20 minutes, yeah. you're like, oh, shit, KBD's been out there because he just disappeared. He, he doesn't make an impact on the game where I feel like Metu has made an impact uh, in his he limited does. time and definitely in a game like tonight against his he, opponent. Uh, yeah, and he needs to continue to see the minutes because he was even asked to in an interview about like how is it like adjusting to these like these minutes up, up and down all season long. And it, he said it's tough. And like yeah. I always said, like this is the third time I'm probably going to say it, where he came from Sacramento where he wanted the opportunity and he let everybody know when he left there. He's like, I didn't get the opportunity there and I want the minutes and I want it to be consistent. He doesn't look like he's a guy that would be aggressive that way to kind of grab those minutes from the coach. But he is behind the scenes. You know, he's just like, you got to keep me in there. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way we can see his full potential to have complete games like this is if he continues to get minutes. But like you said, bigger teams, if he plays a three or four, I'm fine with it. He's not like a backup center. Like probably maybe thought he might be like the third center. You know what I mean? On this team. Yeah. But he's really turning to like a stretch four, which he's playing fantastic. And I like what Kiko says in the chat. He's like, John, that's why I'm asking for Metu to play the four and KD at the three. And that's why I was really big on KBD in the offseason at the yeah. four because I want KD at the three. I don't want him guarding the f- opposing four, and I don't want him to be guarded by the opposing four. Why? Because that's from a physicality standpoint, that's where challenges occur. Mm-hmm. Why is KD out? Because Jackson, I'm a dirty player, Hayes, rolled up on his ankles. Jackson Hayes is playing the five. Fuck that guy. He almost yeah, injured Booker too, man. Yeah, yeah. I the know. Same, same game. game. Same game. I just He's a reckless player. He's not as bad as Draymond Green, but he's definitely a reckless player. Uh, and like Kiko says, Metu is built for the four, and I agree with that. I completely yeah. agree with that. We will have a piece coming out on Brightside tomorrow morning talking about why the Suns need a third center, a true third center. Uh, and I recommend you guys read that because Zona Sports wrote it, and it's a fantastic piece. I saw that I didn't read it yet. I, I'm uh, totally on that. It's good. But, uh, but I'll tell you who's not the third center. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a bull, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, all of you who are at the Footprint Center and you're chanting, bull, we want bull, bull, we want bull. You got bull, bull tonight. In the first quarter, Frank Vogel substitute him in. And I don't know if this was because of the fact that we have Kevin Durant injured and Grayson Allen injured and Asir Little injured. I don't know if it's because you don't want Tanabe was playing like or if Frank Vogel was simply trying to prove a point to you, Suns fans, Bull Bull is a garbage player. Gar- I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure he's a great human being. But as a player, every play he was making was wrong. Every play he was making was wrong. Uh, th- there was one play where the Warriors are shooting a free throw and they miss it. And Bull Bull just doesn't box out. And they come in and they get the op- the, uh, the the opposition gets the free throw and then he doesn't go guard his guy at all and his guy hits a three. There's a play that, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I took a video of it. He misses his, a three-pointer and then they're coming back in transition and he doesn't body anybody up. He just runs to the underneath the basket. He just runs by Dario Sarch. He's like, bye Sarch, I'm going to go down here. And Sarch is wide open and Sarch's like, fuck it, I'm hitting a three. Yeah. We, you talk about players who can make winning plays. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Bull Bull makes losing plays consistently. Doesn't know who to guard. Doesn't have a good basketball IQ. Is just not a good player. And obviously with P.J. Tucker talks out in Los Angeles where he, they're talking about potentially moving on from him. He might be a buyout guy. You cut him. Cut Bull Bull. Get P.J. Tucker. Because at least if a guy's going to give you zero offense, he at least can give you something on defense. Because this guy gives you zero on both ends of the floor. Played a total tonight of five minutes. He was a negative 16. Case closed on Bull Bull. I, w- I never started with him. I'm done with him. When I wrote my stock market thing for Brightside yesterday, oh my God, 
I got, I'll, I'll read this to you. You talk about Bull Bull. I'm going to read you what I wrote on his stock market. Okay, page. yeah. Well, all I was going to say is if we want anybody in there just to stand in the corner and miss threes, we already had Yuta, but Yuta actually kind of rebounded in this game a little bit. But I love the fact that you brought up P.J. Tucker. He's like exactly the guy we need to stand in the corner and make threes and that toughness that he does bring. We definitely miss that. We need that from him. But obviously tonight when Bull Bull came in, the crowd was crazy. Of they course. loved it. Of right, course. and I was surprised – I was surprised he still remained in the game coming back into the second quarter. That was also when I thought this game was lost. I was like, okay, so we're just throwing out these lineups and full bowl in there? <laughs> like, it was the weirdest looking lineup. But even, like, offensively, man, he was standing there, and he was not moving. They were waiting for him to move. Gordon was like – or not Gordon. Um, Goodwin was like, are we going to run a play here? He's like, moving in and out, moving in and out. Like, I hate to hate on the guy, but that was just – that was probably just Vogel saying, yeah, like this is a quarter we're going to start, and it's probably going to be a little rough here, but I'm going to give the fans a little bit of Vogel, and we're not going to talk about it anymore. And I don't know who's asking the question of when we're going to see Vogel minutes and why he even brought it up that one interview a couple games I know, ago. I know. He's but like, well, he'll get a chance. He never will again. At, and you're talking about players that kind of disappear. Like he's not there, dude. And defensively, like getting dunked on and then leaving the game after that. like. But even players who, who disappear – yeah, I mean, he gave up that alley oop to uh, Wiggins. I think it was like his only points the whole night. That was the hardest dunk I've seen play. ever in my life. That was yeah. the hardest dunk ever. And he was wide open because Bull Bull's <laughs> just standing there. He's like, oh shit, I was guarding that guy. So, as I mentioned earlier, for Bright Side of the Sun, I wrote a three part series and I went through every player and I said, is their stock up? Is their stock down? Is their stock holding through the first quarter of the season? When I got to Bull Bull, I'm literally just going to read you guys what I wrote. Uh, I sorry, I'm sorry if this is a dictation. I go, Bull Bull, stock down. Bull has played a total of eight minutes thus far this season. Despite the fans at the Footprint Center chanting his name late in the fourth quarter, Frank Vogel has yet to unleash upon the world the fury that is Bull Bull. And there's probably some good reason for that. If you're a regular reader, you know my challenges with who Bull Bull is as a player. He lacks the physicality to be a productive player on the interior and the quickness to be a productive player on the defensive perimeter. We will continue to hear those fans chant his name. And if he ever gets some runway, I doubt we'll be pleased with what we see. Perhaps I should be viewing him through the same lens that I views that I am viewing Yudoka Azabuki, that he needs a chance before being dismissed, that his stock is holding. Nah, his stock is down because I believe his stock is always down, that he is an expendable piece of a, of this roster that the sun should move on from when December 15th occurs. Harsh, perhaps, but the that roster spot, albeit at a veteran minimum, could be filled with somebody who Frank Vogel might actually look down at the bench and decide to insert at the game at some point. I'm just not a Bull Bull fan. Uh, and I will continue to not be a bull. <laughs> yeah, you just, you need to save him for those big those big games where it's a blowout. That's it. Just he shouldn't have ruined that. But I feel like Vogel kind of ruined that now. Now no one's gonna be chanting Bobo. That's a little bit fun to do to chant it and then just have him come in in a thirty point blowout. That's fine, but just I feel like he might have ruined that a little bit. Well, I don't I don't know if he necessarily ruined it because you're still gonna have the casual fans who like to hang out on like. Um, Facebook, if you will, Suns Facebook. And if you're watching on Suns Facebook, we, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. But at the same time, um, just know that Bull Bull is, is no, no. It, no. No lob lob for us. No need to have him in the game. No need. And I know that we've spent probably way too much time talking about him. But at the same time, like, I've got to get the point across. He's not good at basketball. This is the this is the video that I was talking about. Uh, so if you're if you're watching uh, or if you're listening, you'll hear me talk. All right, so here we go, Bull Bull with the three, Barrick, and here he goes running down the court. He's on Sarge. Okay, he's on Sarge. Yep, there goes Sarge. Uh, I'll just double team Kaminga down here and let Sarge hit the fucking three. There you go. That's bull bull, ladies and gentlemen. I could I actually I couldn't even hear it. For some reason, like when I'm on the phone, I can't yeah, hear it, like even the drops. No, so. yeah, you, you have to unmute it or something. You have to press yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Thing. Well, I don't want to ruin it though. Talking about another player who's having a challenge right now, Yunta Wantanabe, and I'll bring it up again. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of bricks and of boards, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of stagnation. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Shamit Zone. Is Yudawana Nabi in the Shamit Zone? Tonight kind of fortified that again. 20 minutes played, one of three from the, or one of four from the field, all from beyond the arc. Three points, a steal, a block, an assist, a rebound. Uh, 
not a lot of confidence in Utah right now, man. I, I, I really don't have a lot of confidence in him. And on a defensive standpoint, I realized something when I was watching him play tonight. The dude falls for the first step every time. If you're a defender, or, or, or if you have the ball and he's the defender, if you jab step, he's going three feet. He Three times it happened to him tonight. And so, yeah. obviously, we're talking about some of the challenges. We'll talk about some of the guys who played well tonight as well. Uh, but, yeah, Yuta, man. Yuta. But with these injuries, we're going to see these guys. Yeah. Um, You know what? I thought he had some really good plays, but he just couldn't finish them, right? He had that steal, and then the ball moved around to him, or he had that three and totally missed it wide open. Like, that was a big redemption play for him, but he failed to convert. And that's one thing that he does. His threes the other night, man. Like, there was the one where he lost it. Like, Sean, remember Sean Marion? Yep. I always bring this up. Where he used to, do that he used all the to time. lose it into the stands. Yeah, he did one of those. He pulled a Sean Marion. It fell out of his hand. But even on that play, he was supposed to move the ball around, man. Like, he was he was covered. I forget who was that. I think it was Eric Gordon next to him. He should have moved the ball around. And he didn't. And then, but he came back and hit a three. I'm like, oh, that's that's some confidence right there, man. There you go. Let's that see was it. it and then, and then that was it because like you said, defensively reliability and our liability. And I just think that he has a long way to come to get out of that champion zone. Cause right now he's in there and that door that spins around, it's closed. It's hard to get out of 10 the more doors, a lot yes. of locks, chastity belts, everything. So it's, it's a lot to get out of there. Yeah, next thing you know, uh, you're getting dunked on by Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's turning you into a <laughs> chain. It's a whole thing entering the Shamit zone. And you don't want Tanabe, as much as we want and need him, to not be that guy. To, to be somebody who can come in and be a fireballer. Like, I can't wait till Damian Lee gets oh, healthy because Damian you know, Lee is yeah. the guy who can fill that role. Yes. Yeah, and really quick, too. Like, the way they started the game and they were doubling book and everyone was wide open, right? Metsu yeah. was open. Yes. Um, just Kogi. guys are wide open. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, it would be nice if Yuta was in the game at the situation. Him. This, yeah, and just like, oh, you have Yuta in there that just drain those threes, but he's not there yet this season. And I don't know if he ever will be, but for some reason, I'm just like, oh, maybe Yuta should have started tonight when Metsu missiles too, but then he came mm-hmm. in. I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it's so. And that was what what was interesting and in what the Golden State Warriors' defensive strategy was, and it's what got the Suns back in the game is they started doubling book at half court, which. F it. It's time to talk about Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. Yeah, Big Dick Booker was getting doubled at half court, and he was being cerebral about it, and he was passing in the Suns. Kudos to them. As you mentioned, two of Metu's uh, three three pointers came on those kind of possessions. Josh Okoge hit one. Yusuf Nurkic hit one. So the team took advantage. But one guy who they couldn't have out there because he doesn't have the confidence is Yuta Watanabe, and that's just unfortunate. And again, long season lies behind, ahead of us, and he's going to have to get out of his own way if he wants to be productive. Big Dick Booker tonight plays 36 minutes, scores 32 points on 23 shots. Good, efficient night for him. Seven assists, two turnovers, uh, although one of them could have been called back at the very end there. It was tipped out of bounds. He wanted Frank Vogel to review it. I know it just because he didn't want the turnover, if you will. Uh, to retain possession for the Suns, although they would have had 0.9 left on the clock on the on the uh, the shot clock, but a great night again for Devin Booker. And they were uh, on the TNT broadcasting; they were spewing over Devin Booker, and it was nice to hear about how they've talked about how who he who he is as a playmaker and how he started to perform and how expertly he has stepped into this new role role and is the point guard for the Phoenix Suns. So, what do you see from Devin Booker tonight, and what were your thoughts on the few minutes in which he was playing alongside Bradley Beal? Um, nothing from that really. Uh, with the whole Beal situation, it just didn't look too good. But him next to Goodwin, hell yeah, dude. Those oh, yeah. two together, defensively, offensively, they are just they're gelling together in that backcourt. I love it. So, I mean, we'll go to that if you want to. Where we talked about maybe before. I mean, a while ago, you brought up Beal coming off the bench, right? We're yeah, sitting yeah, with I, Bloom, I did. I did. having a few drinks, and you're like, Beal should come off the bench. I'm down, dude. I want Goodwin to start with Booker. Um, but honestly, the way Booker kind of closes game out, I know earlier I said if he can be more of a Chris Paul in the situations to kind of slow things down and maintain that 10-point lead, that'd be yeah. awesome as my voice cracked. And yeah. I, I just think that he actually did a great job getting to the rim, but there was, like, no fouls called either. And, like, at the time when he's getting to the rim at ease, getting fouled and there's no calls, like, oh, it's fine. We're up by 13. It's okay. But that was huge. Those are huge points. And mm-hmm. he just still is not respected. I want to ask you, too, if you even saw Barkley talk about Booker 
Barkley was no. says Kevin Durant's the best player on this team. And I just I don't I just I think Booker is for sure the best player on this team. I just I don't know why I, some people still don't see that. Be, well, because Kevin Durant is such an elite shot maker, and I can vouch yeah. for that. I love Kevin Durant because he can make any shot. Uh, and when you have somebody who who is that efficient as he continually has been his entire career, it's hard to deviate from that. But I think from a complete player yeah. standpoint, Booker is this is he's in his prime right now. Like, yeah, KD's prime is very extended, but Booker is in his prime right now. And the way that he's playing and the way that he's controlling this team uh, is stellar. And it was another great performance tonight. He's he's throwing up very few duds. Whereas in the past, we've seen that from Booker. Great game. You know, subpar game, great game, 17 point game. And then he'll go on that run of, you know, where he scores like five consecutive games over 30 points. Well, he he's on he's more in the the heater zone than the non-heater zone uh right now. One thing that you did mention uh and and talking about Jordan Goodwin. Where's my dog? Jordan Dog wins. There's my dog. Jordan Dogwin has been playing like a dog, man, on both ends of the floor. That one play where he had the strip where he it, it was a key part of the game. I honestly feel obviously the Suns kind of coughed it up there at the end for a bit, but he went, he got a steal, he got it to Booker. Booker has a reverse jam on the play. And that all starts with Jordan Goodwin and his active hands and his uh his instincts and his anticipation to break up passes. 30 total minutes played, 5 of 10 from the field, 1 of 5 from beyond the arc, but 16 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. That's kind of standard operating operating procedure right now for Jordan Goodwin. It's like a 16, 5, and 5. That's kind of where he's playing at right now. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's, it's something that you and I, uh, when we were talking with John Bloom, were having that conversation, and it is a suggestion I made back when Beal got originally injured. I said, hey, when Beal comes back, we're going to ease him into the lineup, Right. Start with Jordan Goodwin. Bring Bradley Beal off the bench. Let him kind of become the champion of that second team unit as he gets himself back and healthy and in basketball shape. And yeah, it's not who you start. It's who you close with, right? So Bradley Beal would be part of that closing group. But I like the intensity that Jordan Goodwin plays with on both ends of the floor. Is he an elite playmaker? No. Is he an elite shot maker? No. But he has a lot of intangibles that, as you mentioned, mesh very well with the way that Devin Booker plays basketball. And that's what you're looking for. You don't need the greatest guy next to Devin Booker. You need somebody who compliments him well. And it's an attitude that he carries himself with that compliments him well. And he's developing that with Devin Booker because they've had enough runway to play together. So it is something that is definitely worth exploring. I don't think it would ever happen, but it's something that I wouldn't be opposed to seeing is, is, Ease Bradley Beal. Take take the next 10 games to get Bradley Beal. You know, 26, 27 minutes a game. Give Jordan Goodwin 30 and let Jordan Goodwin start in an effort to try to impose your will defensively upon the opposition, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I think the way that Nurk even plays in the middle, like how aggressive he is, his passing, that kind of rubs off on Book. Book's just great. Obviously, he's one of the greater, the best passers on this team. But also just the way that Book's been playing defense so like him, Nurk, and Goodwin, those three together, I just feel like they feed off each other so well. Like they've actually, yes, they just they have chemistry. Like, yeah, they had this like chemistry, and honestly, the way that like those two, those three are playing together, it's like a that's a badassery, dude. They're just badassery. Badasses. Like there's there's that stretch in the third or fourth quarter, I forget where it was, where those three guys were just imposing their will, but it seemed like almost every possession they were taking the ball away from the Warriors. Of course, you look at the steals, they each like had one steal per, per guy, but I just thought like you just couldn't get past those dudes. And I, I don't mind if like Beal does start, but I just I think it would be smart to start Goodwin just because you want Beal to come in and replace Booker. And I just think Booker and Beal right now just doesn't look too good. Right? It, Beal's just kind of like go stand in the corners, they take each other, they take turns. And you just don't really want to watch that. I want to watch some guy play next to Booker, like a Lou Dort or something like that, right? I always just wanted like a Lou Dort next to Booker. Yes. I'm not saying like I'm not saying that Goodwin is Lou Dort, but he is just fucking phenomenal next to Book. And I, I don't care who they're playing, dude. They played the, the best one of the best backcourts, supposedly, right now in the Warriors. And they just they handled them defensively. I thought most of the game, of course, towards the end and when, they, mm-hmm. when they, the Warriors came back. It didn't look too good, but that stretch, dude, I was like, this is great basketball right now. Uh, as Michael Kolb says in the chat, chemistry matters. And it's one thing that the yes. Suns don't have is very much chemistry. So when we see it on the court, we appreciate it, and we want to see more of it. And I think that that's what we're waiting for is to see some of this chemistry develop. One thing I would have liked to see tonight is we know 
who Chris Paul is. And we know what it's like when you pick up Chris Paul full court. I would have liked to see like three possessions where Jordan Goodwin just picked him up full court. <laughs> I know. I know. You know? Because that's yeah. like what we experienced that where it's like, fuck, all the op- opposite. Like Jose Alvarado, all that guy did for an entire series was just pick up Chris Paul full court and it disrupted him. And I enjoyed like I hated it for happening for me, but I'm like, if I if we ever go against Chris Paul, we got to do that. We ne- we didn't do it once. I'm like, God damn it! I know you got thrown out of the there. first game, and then this one just <laughs> unable just to get, get it done. Just didn't get a chance to do it. So, yeah. uh, Josh Akogi, that was the wrong one. Hey Joe, where you going with that? And Josh Akogi left with a hip injury, and he was finally having a good offensive game. He uh, 11 minutes in that first half. He had 10 points. He was 3 of 4 from beyond the arc, 2 assists, 2 rebounds. We were finally getting a good game from him. You know, he entered tonight shooting 22.6% on corner threes, and he was hitting them in this game. And I was like, okay, change that narrative, baby. And then he got injured, and we'll obviously find out a little bit more of the severity that uh, around that injury and what that it means for the Phoenix Suns, but at the same time, damn. I know. Just I've been riding that Okogi train all all season long because I'm like, just wait till these guys get back and healthy. And of course, we get them back. KD will be back Friday probably. And Okogi's gone, man, because he was making Okogi plays tonight. He was hitting his first two threes of the game, mm-hmm. but just drawing fouls and just having a phenomenal game. It just I just want to see his game mature to another level this season and to have this hip injury, man, I didn't even know till the third quarter and like Brandon or Brandon, Joe Borgay actually tweeted out like, of course he goes down in a season like this. I'm like, what? So I'm just, I'm disappointed, man. I was actually watching Nurk on the press conference and Booker. <laughs> They're talking about the Draymond thing. And it's just funny yeah. because Booker has to sit through Nurk talking about it. And he's just trying <laughs> not to laugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys I'll watch are badasses. I watched that after. Hey, we just got a book yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was going to tell you, uh, he told me on the way in. He's like, you guys are both good tomorrow. Oh, Palmer, sweet. Yep. Uh, should, we, should we do a, a late pod or both pod from there and just sit at different point, points of. Yeah, like you sit, you sit up there and then I'll yeah. sit over here or something. Yeah, we can do that. We, we'll try that, Jamsters. So, yeah, we'll be at the game okay. tomorrow uh, to see the twins. Um, <laughs> One thing that I noticed in this game, and I uh I think I hear like your beanie or something. Is it yeah, is, that be a, is, yeah, is somebody is somebody chewing trash next to you, or is that the AirPods in your beanie? No, someone's getting a massage, dude. Nice, dude. Underneath yeah. the desk. When you go to Suns games, folks, they yeah, take care of pretzels you. and massages then. <laughs> yes. Ooh, <what> <laughs> wait for those tomorrow night. Um Aussie Suns fans tweeted this out and it was so true because one of the challenges that the Suns definitely had in this game was boxing out and in the game preview I wrote it's like you got to box out against the team especially the the team that has the fourth most offensive rebounds in the league Uh, but Aussie Suns fan tweeted out we simply don't box out it needs to change opposite uh, uh, opposing teams now game plan for it you don't see a lot of boxing out for the Suns Nurk does a pretty good job of it, but everybody else doesn't really do box outs. They watch rebounds and they're athletic enough to go grab them at times, but they don't focus on boxing out. And that pods guy, right? The, the, the kid from Santa Clara, he was continually, he got an offensive rebound because he just blitzed the suns coming from the yeah. free throw, the three point line. And he did that on multiple occasions. Why? Because the suns aren't boxing out. So if we talk about opportunities for the suns moving forward, it's definitely something for Frank Vogel to key in on. And I think he did a little bit more so at halftime and probably had that speech with the guys, but like, come on guys, just box the fuck out. It's such a strange thing. Cause like I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast and the, the, the game in Vegas, the first one they were talking about out of the double header, they were talking about, you can hear everything in the game mm-hmm. and all you can hear is the coaches talk about it. You know, all they're yelling at is box out or um you know or dribble the ball you know what i mean you think it'd be just like such a reactionary thing with these players which is like okay find your man box out but the coaches are over there just tell them what to do all the time because i feel like in games like this maybe when you're up by quite a bit in the fourth quarter maybe you can fall asleep but like you said in the first half it was pretty nasty and i think a lot of it had to do too with even Beal, he's not going to really box out he was kind of just oh on defense like Mm -hmm. he's not going to put the full effort using that back right now to box anybody out. Exactly. So that kind of hurts the Suns too with those guards going up there and grabbing those boards. Yeah, and it's it's interesting oh, lights because... Lights are out. <laughs> lights out. Blair Witch and, is coming. 
in in the arena? Uh, no, in the almost everywhere. Except show for me. The... Can you show me? Yeah. Well, it's it's lights out up here, but you can still see the court. Okay. P anybody Not out yet. there? Cleaning yeah, crew. Yeah, there's a few people. <laughs> cleaning crew come through yet? No, Maybe. not yet. It's not weird yet. when you stay. This is your first time staying for a full pod up there, huh? Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It gets and weird. And it's almost man. midnight too. So especially this this late game, it's a little different. It's yeah. Well, I, mine was an uh, was late game too. It was, oh, a, yeah. it, was an eight, it was an eight o'clocker. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to the subreddit stakeout with Batman. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I was in Golden State tonight. Matthew, do you want to hear what the Warriors fans had to say about this one? Yes. I hope that somebody from the cleaning crew comes behind you and looks at you and go, what the fuck are you doing, sir? Is that Batman on the screen? Where is she? No, I know. Someone walks up to like, wait, what are you doing right now, dude? You have like, nothing on your computer. You're just looking at your phone, watching YouTube. Like, oh, on but, but you have a press pass. <laughs> So it's okay. Yeah, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> it's like the wrong name. <laughs> it wasn't even printed out when I got here. He had to do it when I got when I got here. Are you, are you serious? Print it out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh damn, dude, it's not even in here. So, but I still got it. I'm still here. It says like <laughs> it says like Suns versus Spurs. Yeah, that's all it says. <laughs> it's the wrong game. All right, so a few things from the subreddit for the Golden State Warriors. If you're new to the podcast, it's what we do. One of us hangs out on the opposing teams. Subred to hear what they have to say about the Suns. We want to see what they have to say, guys. So here's what they had to say. <clears throat> Where is she? I really dislike distrust Booker and his beady little soulless eyes. <laughs> there, I wrote it. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> he he doesn't have any eyeballs. Beady little soulless eyes. What an asshole. Come on, Wisdom Cow. That's their name on Reddit, Wisdom Cow. <clears throat> Booker has that I'm never gonna win a chip and I know it face. Oh Fuck. shit, he does. He's a deck fresh face. Four more years of Draymond. Sigh. <laughs> Bro, I can't get used to how much CP3 wastes just spot dribbling, then passes with six seconds. Get ready for it. That's what he does. <laughs> um Bull Bull about to swallow one of us whole. He should really start up a bowling alley franchise, then sponsor a postseason <laughs> college football game and call it the Bull 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 Bull. <laughs> That's really good. So good. I got an itch in my nose. It's driving me nuts. Oh, oh Batman pretty, doesn't that itch one. his nose, dude. Yes, I, my nose itches, but when it itches, I use a bat thing. I use my, a bat pick <laughs> in my nose. Where is she? Dre makes it difficult to watch. God damn, grow the fuck up. Get help. Something. <laughs> fuck. <clears throat> the difference between Draymond now and then is that before his antics were about getting into the opposing team's head, play a little rough, taunt, etc. Now it's like I'm going to stop play because I'm annoyed. Facts. Get rid of Draymond. I don't give a fuck what he's done with us. <laughs> they were going off on Draymond in this Dude. game. Um, Draymond needs to meet a sports psychologist to address whatever mental issues that he might have because right now he's getting way too much out of hand. And then the last one on uh, Draymond. Some people get wiser with age. Draymond gets angrier and stupider. <laughs> uh, Frank Vogel is built like a potato. <laughs> That's a good one, dude. That's a pretty good one. I was like, curveball. Yeah, I love the potato bodies. Yeah. And then the last one, out of nowhere, someone put this, and I don't know why, but there's like, man, fuck Magic Johnson. <laughs> the Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I'm like, why are they getting mad at Magic Johnson? He probably tweeted something. Did dumb. he send out? Yeah, I was like, did he send out a tweet? Probably about Draymond. Probably. Maybe he's just like yeah. Draymond Green fouled somebody and he was ejected. Draymond Green punched somebody. And that's why he got ejected. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, like, oh, that. thanks for saying the obvious. Fucking 
<laughs> Blaze Megatron in the chat. Oh, Frankie oh. Potatoes. Franks and like beans, that. dude. Yeah, Franks I like it too. Yeah. Franks and beans. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else from your notes? Anything that you noticed that you want to talk about before we talk about the Jam Star? Uh, no, I think you're good. You covered everything, my man. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I Kaminga got here. was a problem. Kaminga's good. Moody's good, too. Moody didn't have a great game. Yeah, but... I feel like Kaminga, like, he's good, but, like, this team, this, these starters, it's just, like, he can't develop or blossom in a way because everyone's holding him back. He needs, like, the, a real team. The entire subreddit stakeout was talking about how these bench guys need a run. And when they get in, they're playing well, and they gel, and you have Kaminga, and you yeah. have Moody, and you have Chris Paul, you know, and, and Sarich is playing well. And meanwhile, Draymond Green's out there acting like a clown. Clank Thompson sucks. Wiggins is a ghost. He had three points. Gavon Looney had zero points in this game. They had five total points. Let's just go with this. Outside of of Steph Curry in this game, the starters for the Warriors had 10 points. Is that right? 12. 12 points combined. So the whole time, and they were saying it's like, here the Warriors go again. They're just, their bench players are great, but they're not giving them enough time to develop. And, that's that that like Steve Kerr's got to flip that script eventually at some point because Moody's good and Kaminga's good. They're not great, but they can be good. And that's what they need. But fuck Uckfay the Warriors way. Jam star of the game. Yeah, Kevin Thomas is right. We didn't even talk about Nurkic in this game. Well, you getting kicked out? Oh, uh, I'm just trying to pack up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make it look like you're leaving. <laughs> I'm still on though. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Nurkic had a good game. We didn't even talk about him, but uh, ten of eleven from the free throw line. He had seventeen points. He had thirteen rebounds. He had seven assists. It was a great Nurkic game. But is, do you give him the jam star of the game, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I do. I think this is a huge Nurk game because last time we talked on the pod, I think it was the twenty minute one. Yeah, last game. It seems like forever ago. He he said he played like shit, game. but I was like, he's a badass. But he was even more of a badass tonight. Um, but he was he really set the tone. Um, Physically with his team, um, him and Goodwin for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I give it to Nurk tonight. All right. Well, let me go ahead and give him just um, a little love here. Nurk. Delicious definition. Make them boys go crazy. Oh. Oh. Um. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and I'll I'll log the fact that you gave it to Nurk. I'm gonna give it. I mean, Booker obviously is is the shoe in in my opinion. Yeah. Um As well, he should be. But at the same time, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to Jordan Goodwin. I really liked what I saw from Jordan Goodwin coming off the bench. I thought that his minutes really helped Booker be who Booker could be in this game and pick and choose his spots. And I know that Beal's back and eventually he's going to fall into that role. But, man, I really enjoyed watching Jordan Goodwin play basketball tonight and every night. And I love that that's such a great uh, addition by the Phoenix Suns. It's just absolutely fantastic. So taking a look at some – yeah, it's no, nuts. I, that's I just, what you need. Yeah, and I should have gave it to Goodwin tonight, too. I didn't even think about that. Then. Don't worry. I got you, boo. Uh, Jamsters, David Ray gives it to Booker. Blaze Megatron gives it to us. He says, Sarge played well. Sarge smoke break. I didn't play the Sarge smoke break. Uh, Big Dick Booker is the dude. Matthew's gone, I guess. Uh, Nurkic uh, was really good. Um, Metu for the effort tonight from Suns Fever 83. I do like that. Kiko gives it to BDB. My jam star, but honorable mention is Metu. Uh, um, So tomorrow night, next game for the Phoenix Suns, we are playing the Brooklyn Nets. It is the first time in which the twins are coming home. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson coming back to the footy. And yes, Aussie Suns fans, I call it the footy. Because one of you guys, maybe Boyd, told me I should call it the footy and be, to be more Australian, <laughs> to be stuck, like you huh? guys. And so, yeah, I like calling it the footy. So there you go. It's a little also you and me. Uh, what are you looking for tomorrow night? Playing the Nets. What are you looking for? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Mikhail coming back, he's been tearing it up, dude. I mean, yeah. that team, what do you have, like 40 points two games 42. in a row? 42. Yeah, so if he's actually, you know, going to be their point guard, I believe in that. So it's going to be kind of scary. He's going to have him and Cameron Johnson want to come in here and definitely hand it to the Suns, right? Yeah, I mean, it, they're, they're coming home, if you will. Uh, it's their first time coming home. It's the first time we're going to see these guys and twins. back. And uh, 
I'm just excited to see it. I can't wait to see the the crowd uh, react to them and them feel the love and have Devin Booker go at them. That's what's going to be fun is Devin Booker versus Mikhail Bridges. That's what we're tuning in for tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, Kiko, it's like, will Mikhail lock down Book? That's what we're tuning in to see. So, you know, for those of you who haven't been watching um, a ton of Brooklyn Nets basketball, it's okay. Not a lot of us have. But the Brooklyn Nets – uh, entering today, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm almost 100% sure that they didn't play, but they're just like the Sun, 12 and 10. You know, a team with a, an offensive rating uh, that's eighth in the league, a defensive rating that's 19th, a net rating that's 13th. They're they're like a mirror image of the Suns right now, except they're kind of playing at full capacity where we're not. So make sure you tune into the game tomorrow night, Suns fans. And then once it's done, tune into the Suns Jam Session podcast. Matthew and I will be coming to you live from the Footprint Center. Going to be a fun one. Matthew's already outside now. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got on this one, Jamsters. You know, it's midnight here in, on, in Arizona, so... Got to go to bed, get up, and do it again tomorrow. So, Matthew, tell them what they need to do. Call them all your family. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.